So many writers thoroughly enjoy Cantor and they do a great job when they're going in straight line. Now, as soon as there's a bend or a turn or a circle involved, things can go pear-shaped really quickly. And so often those riders fall off to the outside, okay? That's what I want to talk about today, how you can keep more balanced and consistent inside of the canter, especially around bends and corners. Hey there and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast. My name is Lorna Leeson. I'm an equestrian trainer and coach and I help riders all over the world to understand a little bit more about riding and also to do a little bit more with their horse, especially if they're riding alone without a trainer or coach. Okay, the canter. We've been talking about it over the past few weeks and the canter is lovely and so many riders love it until they have to turn and... (laughs) (laughs) then there's just all sorts of issues i recently in the arena had three different people experience this now to be fair they were all pretty novice riders and um, they were they were quite shocked and luckily nobody came off but we did have a bit of a laugh about it and you know we were chatting all about it and i thought i wonder how many more people because at the end of the day it really comes down to just momentum How I like to explain it to the riders that I'm working with in person is a little bit like, you know, when you're on one of those, um, is it called a merry-go-round at the children's playgrounds? It's the thing, like it's like a circle thing and the kids can either stand or sit on it and somebody pushes it and it goes faster and faster and faster and they just sit there and eventually it runs out of steam and it slows down, okay? But if you've ever been on one of those things, it's really interesting because the closer you are to the edge, so to the outside, okay, the closer you are to the to the part where you jump on, okay, it, it's quite difficult to stay on, particularly as more energy is created. So as it goes faster, it becomes quite difficult to stay on. And yet, if you sit yourself or you position yourself, you stand yourself in the center or as close as possible to the center, it feels really quite balanced and it feels good. And it's like, yeah, no, this is easy. You can do this, okay? And the canter is the same. Now, why is the canter like a merry-go-round? Well, it just comes down to, I feel the momentum, okay? And when there is that added energy, that added momentum, and of course, the past few weeks we've been talking about how for many novice riders, getting into the canter can be not the most clean and, if you want, effective or efficient transition that they might ride okay so they end up maybe getting there a little haphazardly and things are gone a little awry by the time they find themselves in the canter things are already unbalanced but then from there you also have this kind of sometimes the saddle knocking the rider due to maybe ineffective riding through the stride of the canter itself okay we spoke about that last week and then when you combine that with that extra maybe energy the extra speed that we often encounter in the canter this is where you get this momentum and as i said for the most part riders are great when they're going in a straight line it's the turn the darn turns okay <laughs> that just like the merry-go-round it kind of pulls you it's like this this magnetic effect to the outside okay kind of momentum pulls you out and the horse maybe think about it this way the horse is on the left rein it's going left and you just have this inexplicable need 
to go right. And it's like your whole body and your mind might be saying, no, no, like straighten up. But your body is like, no, no, we'll go this way. And it's like you're being pulled by some invisible force. And of course, the inevitable very often happens for so many riders in that they actually totally lose control of the situation and they fall off. And it's not nice. It's not good. Um, but it, it happens. And what I want to talk about today is how you can begin to straighten this up. Now, first and foremost, what I would pay a lot of attention to is actually how straight you are in the saddle. I'm going to link to a couple of different episodes on this that I've done in the past, but If you have any sort of crookedness, if you have any sort of issues where you're lopsided in the saddle, as soon as more energy is applied, okay, or more pressure, you can look in it either way, okay? So there may be either more collection or just more speed or whatever. It makes no difference, okay? As soon as there's more put into the container that makes up you and your horse or you and your horse make up, okay? they any issues are going to be amplified they're going to like this big spotlight's going to be put on them like look at that and and they just become so much worse and it's like hey why does this only happen when i canter well it's probably happening all the time it's just that you can't really see it or notice it through the maybe the the less the, the less energetic um, gates and paces that you're riding with your horse, okay? So it's really important to regularly kind of assess yourself for this and assess your own straightness, assess crookedness, assess maybe weaknesses, where a lot of the time you'll see a weakness show up is that a rider will collapse through one side of the body. You'll often see this when a rider tries to use their leg, such as they would do if they were going around a corner, okay? And maybe they want to use their inside leg or their outside leg. And because of a weakness there through that leg, because it's lacking the same amount of strength as the other leg, they almost like grip up and then they collapse through the body to try and compensate for what is actually going on. So it is really important to notice all these things about yourself and from there begin to work on creating symmetry through your body okay that symmetry is going to be really really important okay from there it's also important to understand that there is this momentum at work like the merry-go-round i'm sure that's not the name for that thing but the thing yeah it's not the carousel it is the merry-go-round i don't know okay the thing that goes around at the the kids playgrounds that thing okay um but there is like energy at work here okay physics and it is really important to understand that So when you understand that, you can begin to make slight adjustments for it. Now, if we think about canter in and of itself, and if if we think about going around a bend or riding through a corner or whatever, we're often thinking about the inside seat bone being just slightly ahead of the outside seat bone. Okay, so your inside seat bone is a little bit more in front, which means your inside leg is slightly ahead of the outside leg. Okay, inside leg slightly more in front. And then we also think that we want to weight the inside seat bone slightly more. Now, what a lot of people do in that situation is they lean to the inside. So they'll use their upper body, usually the shoulders, and they will lean to, let's stay with the example we were saying, to the left, okay? They'll lean to the left as they're turning left. But what that often causes to happen is that, yes, you put all your weight onto your left seat bone, but your left seat bone begins to migrate over to the right-hand side of the saddle, 
okay so if you were to look from the sky if you were to look down if you had a drone you were to look down from an overhead view you are not going to have equal amounts in your of your body on either side of the horse okay things are moving over your lower body is all moving over to the outside and this is that momentum we're talking about so when we talk about weighting through the inside seat bone, W-E-I-G-H-T, okay? So when we're going to weight through the inside seat bone, it's actually more like an engagement. And strangely enough, almost like an elongation of the inside, okay? So if we think about it, you want to actually reach down to your heel, okay? Now, I'm not saying push all your weight into your inside heel. That's not what we're talking about here. But you want to stretch. You want to elongate through, okay? So you're reaching down, which allows you to just be a little bit more centered through the inside heel okay so left heel in this case if we're talking about we're going on the left rein okay left heel and then from that there's like this lifting or engagement through the rib cage on the left side of the body okay so you're using your body then to lift and thinking about that we're actually going to the left and thinking about how you would move your body to do that by just moving the body the way it should move to actually track left okay so you're to move your shoulders to kind of look around towards the left to begin thinking about going that way and to think about maybe if you wanted to open your left hand or whatever the case is your body will naturally do that. So it, you can test this if you're sitting on your horse or if you're sitting in the car, if you're sitting on a chair, whatever. If you're standing up, test it, okay? Think about like elongating through the left-hand side without actually stretching and doing that in footy. Like, like, I have visions of people going around there with their left shoulder touching off their left ear. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about, okay? But you want to just elongate through. And think about now if you were to turn left, so just kind of mimic that movement right now. Can you feel that engagement and that kind of that lengthening through the inside of the body, which is the left side of the body, if we talk about it that way. Okay, that's what we're looking for. Now, if you can begin to get really, really intentional about doing this through all bends, okay? So you start in walk, like I mentioned last week, walk being just the place where we're going to do all the big work, okay? So we start in walk, we get it right in the walk, but then from there, we begin to work on it in the trot, and then we're able to work on it in the canter. And we understand that as more energy or more pressure whichever we want to talk about it okay but as like we we move through the gates as we shift gears and we move into the canter we might have to do a little bit more because there's more there to work with okay and that's okay but it's to figure out that sort of pressure so we don't want to lean when we lean we are just causing that momentum to work against us even more, okay? It is going to suck us off. It will pull us out. It'll be like this big magnet that runs on the outside and it's like, come here to me, buddy. And you're like, no, no, we don't want that, okay? We want ourselves to be really balanced, really consistent, lifting through the body, making sure that our shoulders are the same height off the ground, okay? Our two shoulders, they are the same height. Our hips are the same height off the ground keeping everything square there's an equal amount of our body on both sides of the saddle and then from there being able to just ride through the corner putting it together with this being able to roll with the horse roll through the canter and that is where you will stop migrating to the outside of the saddle and hopefully off of the outside of the saddle as well okay if you found this helpful pop over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash canter 
there is a whole four-week program there all about the counter that you can dive into today and trust me it'll just get you to come out the other end feeling so much more confident about your abilities in the counter okay i'm going to leave it at that have a great day keep well not chat to you soon be good bye